You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey podcast friends, this is Ebony and Pamela. We have some exciting news. You can see us oh. live in January. Yep. I, Ebony, am producing and hosting a concert to benefit two deserving organizations on Sunday, January 21st, 2018 at the Duplex Cabaret Theater on Christopher Street and 7th Avenue in the West Village here in New York City. It'll be at 6.30 p.m. The organizations benefited are Life After Hate, which is an organization that is working to extricate individuals who want to turn from a life of hate into a life of love and inclusivity. And the Drama Club, which is a team that works with incarcerated youth by giving them a voice through the performing arts, thereby lowering the recidivism rate. Producing with me is actress and dramaturg Jody Beck, and our music director, Madeline Smith, has the distinction of being the youngest female Broadway conductor in history. Pamela will be singing along with a stellar cast of other New York theater professionals. The concert will feature songs from our favorite musicals, such as Godspell, A Chorus Line, and The Scottsboro Boys. And of course, it wouldn't be a good show without (laughs) Ebony's favorite of the season, Dear Evan Hansen, just to name a few. We are very excited about this concert and hope you will join us. For tickets, go to www.purplepass.com backslash typecast 0121 which 0121 is the date so that's how you remember it yeah that's why it's not confusing at all (laughs) (laughs) or you can go to ebonyvines.com slash current projects see See you you in january January. bye Bye. (laughs) welcome to theater geeks anonymous at this time we ask that you turn off all cell phones Unless, of course, you're using them to listen to this podcast, in which case, please keep it on. And please refrain from any flash photography, as it is dangerous to the performers of this podcast. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't you see? It's so simple. Step one, we Google the biggest flops on Broadway. Step two, we find the crazy stories behind them. Step three, we see how they lose millions of dollars. Millions? Broadway isn't cheap. A lot of fancy people want to be producers. Step four, find out why the show won't go on. Step five, end this episode and head to Times Square. Times Square? That'll never work. Only Broadway successes are in Times Square. Oh, oh, oh ye of little faith. I don't know how to start the 
I just like, you know, push record and then right. we just chit chat. Right. But I didn't have anything to say. So boring. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> well, also, we're tired. <laughs> we are tired. It's about 830, but we've both had our 830 in the evening and mm-hmm. we both had our prospective jobs respective jobs yeah. no i've been up since three because i just came from north oh, carolina today right you were yeah. traveling i was nannying so it's basically the same thing <laughs> <laughs> love him but you know it takes a lot a of lot. energy yeah. <laughs> Little so people. we're a little tired we've done one episode before this now this is the second mm-hmm. but it's still gonna be amazing i think so yeah <laughs> welcome what's up theater geeks thank you so much for listening what tis up (laughs) theater geeks you have stumbled upon theater geeks anonymous where we chat about (laughs) do you want me to stop she's giving me a look and i wasn't sure if it was a look that said please stop speaking in an english accent no i'm like sitting here waiting so i don't screw up my line (laughs) because i'm tired and i'm afraid i will okay let's okay i'm gonna do this by rote You've stumbled upon Theater Geeks Anonymous, the show where we talk about Broadway flops, scandals, and new works. Who fails, who sues, we tell their stories. And we are going to tell it really amazingly well. Because that's what we do. We're professional tellers. That's right. We're professional storytellers. (laughs) We are. Yes, we are. We are. We don't get paid for it. Well, I mean, I used to get paid for it. I guess I still do in a matter of speaking. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, we're professionals. We're professionals. We are here to profess... That we are good storytellers. Woo, <laughs> <laughs> ah! we get slap happy, Dorothy. <laughs> and this is good though. <laughs> I'm excited about this episode because uh, there are, uh, surprisingly, yeah, and not surprisingly, there are episodes that, uh, there are actual Broadway shows, I should say, that we have never heard of before. Yeah. Ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and today is one of them. Yes. Let me bring it up in my my iPad. That's why I'm, when I'm looking at it, I'm a little distracted by that. But I'm still with you. <laughs> um, because the one that I'm doing today is called Raggedy Ann the Musical. <laughs> and any of you who grew up in the 80s, along with Ebony and myself, yes. know who exactly... Raggedy Ann and Andy are. I had a Raggedy Ann and a Raggedy Andy. Yes, I think I did too. We didn't have the Andy, but we definitely had the Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, I had both. And we loved her. Yeah, I did. I, I loved... I, it was like I had... I was one of those kids with like way too many stuffed animals. It was like my favorite. <laughs> I loved them. Mm-hmm, yeah. And so even though they were not stuffed animals, Raggedy Ann is still stuffed. Like, yeah. she's not, like, a hard she's plastic still a plush. doll. Yeah. She's a plushie. Yeah, so she was with all of the other, like, stuffed animals. <laughs> so it was, like, Raggedy Ann and Andy in the jungle. <laughs> with all your elephants <laughs> and giraffes and mm-hmm. such. And, and bears. bunny rabbits. <laughs> and tigers. I didn't have tigers, but I had bears. <laughs> <laughs> My sister had a lion that mm-hmm. she named Arlo Ice Cream. I have no idea what it means. Oh, okay, I was like, what's that mean? But Is it's that something like a... that we still make fun of her today. <laughs> Bet she loves that. <laughs> Bet she loves it. You know, it's we're that kind of family, though, that mm-hmm. we, you know, we, we remember the really embarrassing stuff and we just bring it up at all of the different <laughs> holidays. 
days. But it's actually kind of funny, and we everyone can laugh over it. So it's good. It's good. It's not traumatic. Speaking of holidays, this is our other Christmas episode. It is a merry Christmas. (laughs) Christmas is coming. The goose is getting fat. Please do put the penny in the old man's hat. If you haven't got a penny, a hey penny will do. If you haven't got a hey penny, then God bless you. Where's that from? <laughs> I heard it on the Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh, I was like, I know this. Okay. <laughs> and then they do it in a round. I love Muppets Christmas Carol. I do it's too. really good. It's good. Maybe not the Muppets Christmas Carol, but it's a Muppet song. And I don't that know where it's like I it think might it be the Christmas, Christmas Carol. Carol though. The, I think that's the only Christmas movie they did, right? Yes. I think so. If we're wrong, you can tweet at us about <laughs> Let it. Let me know. And if not, you can hold your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm guessing is what they're doing if they're not going to respond. <laughs> I'm just reinforcing the idea <laughs> and giving you my support. <laughs> Oh, my lordy. How are we going to get through this? <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm just going to jump right in. Yes. Okay. So, Raggedy and the Musical was written by William Gibson. He wrote the book. He also wrote the book for Two for the Seesaw, which was fairly acclaimed. I had never heard of I've it. I've never heard of Two for the Seesaw. No, me either. But he also wrote The Miracle Worker. Oh. And I think everyone's heard of that. If you haven't. How, I don't know. It's so worth seeing. How are you it's one of us? It's the story of Helen <laughs> That's what I wonder. How are you one of us? <laughs> if mean, you've never heard you've never of Miracle, Miracle Worker. Worker. <laughs> uh, the songs were written by Joe Raposo. This is so cool. Joe Raposo wrote for Sesame Street for years, mm-hmm. right when they first came into play. Mm-hmm. He is responsible for See Us for Cookie, Being Green, and the theme song of Sesame Street. Oh, wow. Okay. She is for cookie. It's good. Oh, my brother. Okay. Yeah. So my brother. I love my brother. My brother. Both of my brothers are literally the best brothers. Like, I really am blessed. No joke. Like, I'm not saying, like, they just are wonderful. But my little brother has such a bad sweet tooth. Like, my God. <laughs> At Christmas, he'd, he'd, like, the candy canes would just be slowly disappearing. And my yes. mother would be like, where are all the candy canes? Yeah, and then she'd have, me. like, special <laughs> ones for each one of us. And, like, everyone's were gone because my brother <laughs> ate all of them. And she was like, Steve it! Every year. So... He, uh, at church, he got nicknamed the Cookie Monster because whenever it was snack time in children's church, he was like all about the cookies. <laughs> so when he graduated high school, I cre- made this video and all of his kid pictures were under the song C is for Cookie, sung by, <laughs> what's That's his cute. name? The Cookie Monster. Cookie Monster. Yeah. Um, have you ever eaten a cookie like Cookie Monster? No. Okay, I tried it once. And it's terrible because you don't actually get any cookie in your no, mouth. You just get crumbs everywhere. No. Which like when I was a kid, I was I I was like I thought, man, he really likes cookies. Like and then when I became like middle school and I watched that, I was like, You ain't getting no cookie in your mouth. Just well, a bunch of crumbs everywhere. Really have a mouth. <laughs> no, but and then I didn't understand. I was like, so these cookies, it's just breaking up cookies and they're flying everywhere. Like, this is pointless. This is a waste of cookie. It is a total waste of cookie. It is. But it was fun to watch. It was. I loved it. <laughs> um, so anyway, oh, he also, Joe Raposo also wrote for the Electric Company and Shining Time Station as well, which it's, I loved. All these 
because you have like Lin Manuel. He mm-hmm. did the same thing. He's wrote for yeah. the Electron Company. Wrote for uh, Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. Also, Chris Jackson. Like he has an Emmy for it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then Patricia Birch was the director. She did choreography for A Little Night Music, Grease, They're Playing Our Song, Parade. That Holy is mackerel. That's just a tiny sampling of the list. Oh, geez. Um, I'm not sure she did a huge amount of directing, but okay. so that was mostly choreographing. And then obviously she did some performing as well. She was in the original company of West Side Story. Um, Holy so she's, mackerel. She's like the real deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, Raggedy Ann, also known as Rag Dolly. And I'll get to that later. Oh, no. Was a Broadway production written by, again, William Gibson, with music and lyrics composed by Joe Raposo and directed by Patricia Birch. The musical is loosely based off the animated film Raggedy Ann and Andy, colon, a musical adventure from 1977. And the Raggedy Ann and Andy books that spanned from 1918 all the way to 1977. And that's because the man who, and I'll get into this later too, the man, Johnny Gruel, who originated them, his son then took over writing some of those books. That's why it spans such a huge amount of time. Uh, After the movie's initial release, Joe Raposo was approached by Patricia Snyder to adapt the film into a stage musical, bringing it to playwright William Gibson to work alongside them. Patricia Snyder was somehow involved in... um, the Empire State Institute of Performing Arts, which was a performing arts school that was mostly for children, um, but they would put on these productions. And so she was friends at the time with Joe Raposo, who had this idea to do... I think I have this actually all written down later, so I'm not sure why it didn't come into play yet. You'll probably hear this again, but it's good, right? You're going to like it. Um, but Joe, so Joe went to his friend Patricia because he had written some mm-hmm. some stuff for that ESIPA, which is what it's known as, uh, Empire State Institute of Performing Arts. Um, and Patricia was like, you got to meet this guy. You got to do this. It's a great idea. Just go ahead and do it. So anyway, uh, William wasn't interested at all in rehashing the animated movie uh, and took inspiration instead from the real-life story of Raggedy Ann author Johnny Gruel's daughter Marcella, who contracted diphtheria from an unsanitary smallpox vaccination and died at the age of 14. Well, this is some dark stuff already. Side note, though, because Marcella died at age 13 from an infected vaccination, but not from the side effects of the vaccination itself, and Gruel did not actually create the limp Raggedy Ann doll as a tribute to his lifeless daughter. Um, as another myth had stated, Gruel's patent application for the Raggedy Ann doll was already in progress before she died, and the artist received final approval by the U.S. patent in the same month that Marcella died. So it, the idea was already in the works. It wasn't inspired by anything to do with the death of his daughter, but there is a lot of myth out there that's been written and rewritten over and over again. And this is what William Gibson read and was inspired by to write the musical Raggedy Ann. So here's the plot. The play is centered around Marcella played by Lisa, Lisa Reifel. No idea. Again, I'm just going to blanket statement here. It's going to be mispronounced and I'm okay with that. Uh, she's a little girl dying of whatever illness that you could think of. <laughs> Nobody knows. It's just she's dying. Her father, played by Bob Morrissey, is a depressed alcoholic trying to keep his daughter as happy as she could be despite her fatal illness after her mother abandoned the two of them for a man who drives a Rolls Royce. 
The father gives Marcella two handmade dolls to cheer her up, Raggedy Ann and Andy. He tells her a story of how when she goes to sleep, all her toys come alive and play in the nursery together. Marcella then falls asleep, and through a movie-like dream sequence, her Raggedy Ann and Andy doll and the rest of the toy box toys go on a vast journey to find the doll doctor to save Marcella from an early death, all the while they're being hunted down by General D for doom and his henchmen, who try and stop Marcella from cheating death and bring her to the afterlife. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> so that's the plot oh of Raggedy Ann, the musical that you'd think would be for children. And I'll get into that oh as well. <laughs> so some of the prediction production history, um, basically, so after finding success with the 1969 Hallmark Hall of Fame production of The Littlest Angel, Broadway producers Richard Horner and Lester Osterman searched for another property that they could adapt into a live action TV special. Raggedy Ann came up in our conversation, Horner recalled, and I said, gee, that would be a great thing for what we have in mind. Horner acquired permission from Bob's Merrill Company, who owned the rights to the characters, and set to work developing the project. With Little Angel, uh, Littlest Angel co-writer and Osterman's daughter Patricia Thackeray penning the script. At a 1974 Friars Club roast for Johnny Carson... Lester and Osterman, these two producers, found themselves seated at the table next to Emmy Award-winning Sesame Street composer Joe Raposo, who took a shine to their idea. Joe says, I was then presented with about two dozen books of Raggedy Ann and Andy, (laughs) Raposo recalled. The composer studied the books and composed 25 songs for potential inclusion. There's tick number one. Besides the fact that the story is a little dark. (laughs) There's tick number one. You wrote 25 songs and you don't even know what the book is yet. Uh, Then, as we got further and further into the project, we realized that it had wider possibilities for acceptance than just a television special, Horner said. So we thought we should do it as a movie for theaters. Raposo personally worked his magic to get ITT, which was then the parent corporation of Bob's Merrill Company that owned the rights to Raggedy Ann and Andy characters, to produce... And animator Richard Williams to direct the film. The result was the 1977 animated feature Raggedy Ann and Andy, A Musical Adventure. It was going to be a kids movie of the season, recalled Raposo. It opened on a Sunday and on Wednesday, a little movie called Star Wars that nobody thought would do anything opened and the rest is history. So that's what happened with the movie. They thought this is going to be hugely successful. Every kid and their parents are going to come and see this show because this is what's playing Christmas. Star Wars isn't going to do anything at all. And that's history. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So a few years after that movie came out, Raposo joined the board of the Empire State Institute of the Performing Arts, ASIPA, where producing director, she's the producing director, Patricia Snyder, urged him to adapt the story into a stage musical. Uh, 
Raposo reteamed with Patricia Thackeray for a direct adaptation of the film titled Raggedy Ann and Andy in 1981, but he concluded it simply didn't work. He doesn't go into any more detail, and I couldn't find any more. Mm-hmm. Um, but for whatever reason, what they had written for the screen was not going to work for the stage. Despite the composer's feeling that this version of the play remains available... Oh, okay, so this is kind of crazy. Despite what he felt about Mm -hmm. the adaptation from the screenplay to the script, that version actually remains um, available to license for regional and school productions in both the USA and Canada. The the version of the movie movie. Return to Stage Show? Exactly, exactly. Um, playwright William Gibson was then brought aboard to pen a new book and Gibson, as I said before, he wasn't interested at all in the story until he had heard about, um, the myth about Johnny's, uh, Johnny Gruel's sick daughter, Marcella, and all of that. Uh, Raposo was reinvigorated by Gibson's concept, although virtually all of his original songs had to be tossed out and he found himself writing the show for a third time. So there's another tick. (laughs) So the way that it kind of worked out was that they did do a tryout of sorts. Okay. But it was more like what they do at at, um, Paper Mill Playhouse, Uh where they put up the show and it's for a limited amount of time. It's not planning on going anywhere, but if it does, hey, great. But it's not necessarily like the springboard to Broadway. It's just its own little company its own little production okay Asipa is in albany so the gibson Raposa version opened at Asipa on december 7th of 1984 under the title raggedy ann almost immediately however after its initial release controversy arose after ellen allen from albany new york took her children to see the show Appalled by the musical's dark subject matter, she went to the local news, concluding that the play depicted portrayals of gruesome characters, a mother deserting her child, death, and even suicide. This isn't that far from the truth, since it had actually been said that the play had dark and even sexual themes. Oh, no. With Marcella having nightmares about her mother committing suicide, slaughterhouses, and a forest of corpses. Allegedly. After the news of the unexpectedly dark play went popular, several public schools reservations were also canceled due to this uproar. One of the educational directors said that the themes of alcoholism, suicide, and murder were just not appropriate for children. William Gibson later said, the style is for children, the content is for me. (laughs) Oh, dear. He just kind of shrugged. Now, they did change it a little bit. Right. In 1985, the play was retooled to be more appropriate for the young audiences, and they renamed it Rag Dolly. That's where that name comes into play. And the controversy did die down after that. Despite the bad reviews on the controversy the play got uh, that the play got in Albany, the reviews were absolutely positive when it performed in Moscow, as seen in a 30-minute documentary, Rag Dolly in the USSR. The whole documentary is actually available on YouTube. I just watched it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's worth noting that the production made history in the Soviet Union in 1986. Ladies and gentlemen, the Soviet Union was what Russia used to be called back in the 80s before Mm. it changed to Russia. So this is when um, U.S. and Russian – we were not friends right now. We're still – I mean, we're still not, but we've got a a tenuous relationship. At that point in time – 
our two governments were so against what the other one was doing, communism versus capitalism, we just could not see eye to eye. And so uh, at the start of this uh, it's actually kind of an inter- it's an interesting documentary. I wish that I were able to put into words better what is it about, mm-hmm. but it opens up a channel of communication mm-hmm. between not governments but between people mm-hmm. so that we are invi- we were invited to go there mm-hmm. as american theater company we were invited to go there to do raggedy ann we invited the russian company to come to america to do whatever show they wanted to do and it was this way that you could see that it, you know i'm i'm not what my government is. Mm-hmm. I am a person. I'm Pamela. I live here. I do this for a living. I, you know, these are my hobbies. Yeah. And then this person over here can say, I'm Ludmilla. Right. <laughs> That's a callback from the other episode we recorded today. You know, I'm, you know, I, I do this for a living. These are my hobbies. I've got this many children, you know, that kind of thing. Right. So that there was a, there was a bridge that we, we were able to bridge that gap. It was, yeah. and it's a really interesting it's only 28 minutes, too, so it's super oh. easy to watch. <laughs> Lost my thought. Do, 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 do. Uh, oh, here we go. Um, it is available on YouTube, as I said, and the production did make history marking the renewal of cultural relations between our countries. So I guess mm-hmm. that's what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Moscow production, as I alluded to just re- just in that last paragraph, was a huge success. It was a one night performance only. They basically came in, they put the show up in the in the theater in two days, had one day of tech rehearsal, and then did the show. But it was such a huge success um, that it was you know it was noted uh, by Kennedy Center director Roger Stevens, who had seen the show in Albany. Uh, But after he had heard all that had gone on in Moscow, plans were made to transfer it from the Soviet Union to the big time. The title was changed at Stevens' instigation from Ragdolly back to Raggedy Ann, backed up, of course, by market research that showed the former name was like, oh, what? Ragdolly? What's that? I don't want to see that. Right. Um, But, you know, Raggedy Ann elicited such sentimental recognition and warmth. Um, The website... (laughs) I cannot speak right You're doing now. better than I was. Let me just take a sip of water. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> I checked the website and was actually able to find um, that the dates that it played was from August to September of 1986, but it doesn't actually go into detail about when in August and when in September. So I'm just going to say... That it was that whole month of August, or maybe those two months of August and September. But again, it doesn't have any more information about how well it was received at the Kennedy Center or anything like that. Okay. But I suppose we can conclude that since it did move to Broadway. Right. They weren't bad. Like, the reviews weren't terrible. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Especially after playing there for either a month or two. Mm-hmm. So the Broadway production opened on October 16th of 1986 at the Nederlander Theater to unfavorable reviews. Oh, dear. It closed on October 19th after five performances. Oh. So a total... Oh, I guess this answers well if the kennedy center is the previews that they are speaking of or if they did the previews at the nederlander i'm not sure but they had a total of 15 previews and five performances yeah but like i said yeah they were open for three days 
That's about what happened to um, the Red Shoes only had five actual performances. Yeah. 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 So what happened? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I wrote in my thing. <laughs> what happened? Um, according to the book Not Since Carrie that we've um, used before on this show, Raggedy Ann had strong similarities to The Wizard of Oz and Peter Pan, but it was difficult to follow and never managed, as those musicals did, to come up to um, with a coherent plot. Um, the entire show was a fever dream of this sick child named Marcella, Uh, In the musical, as in real life, whose father is a drunk and whose mother had run off and the father gives Marcella a doll which comes to life and Raggedy Ann and her friends uh, to show their gratitude to Marcella for bringing them to life, help her to stay alive by outwitting General D and bringing Marcella to the doll doctor in L.A. The doll doctor turned out to be her father in the show. Raggedy Ann makes the supreme sacrifice of giving her heart to Marcella and Marcella wakes from her dream healthy, although her doll's heart seems to have disappeared. So, and that wasn't actually mentioned in the plot or the synopsis mm-hmm. at all. So I'm actually glad that I came across that. Mm-hmm. It was even harder to figure out for whom the show was meant uh, than to follow the action. Raggedy Ann was far too grim and humorless for children and offered little to entertain adults. The story brought up deep-seated childhood fears with Marcella's illness, the embodiment of a child's rage over her broken home. Certain images, especially that of Marcella's mother attempting to hang herself in the forest of skeletons, were particularly scary. There was a heavy Freudian overlay to everything. General D even attempted to date Marcella at one point. No! Who, you know, if she's the same age as the real life, Marcella is only 13. Nope, nope, nope. Raposo came up with a few tuneful songs, but Raggedy Ann was a perverse curiosity suitable neither for adults or children. So that's kind of where it went. The play itself has now, it's gone. It's pretty much vanished into Mm. obscurity. There's no surviving script to be known of, whether it be the original version or the rewritten, more appropriate version created after the controversy. There's no video recording of the play. However, a few short clips can be seen in the documentary that I mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. hinting at the possibility of a video recording existing somewhere. Like, wait... What about at the perfor- like uh, the Library of Performing Arts? There's nothing. Really? There's nothing. Oh, right, because it never actually opened. Yeah. Well, no, it opened. It had five performances, oh, but, but maybe it just didn't five. have enough. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Also, the reworked official soundtrack with five extra songs that were in the play had presumably never been recorded or released. Uh, the only surviving pieces of the play, aside from what's in the documentary, is the soundtrack demo tape, a few articles, and the playbill. Which is kind of sad because as we talk about all of these flops Mm -hmm. and all of these, you know, not so successful shows, you still want to hear them. You know what I mean? Like as as interesting, you know, the show itself on the stage wasn't great, but the story behind it is still interesting enough that I think it could cultivate, you know, an interest in listening to it or seeing it. Um, And I hope that that's kind of what we do here, you know, is to help kind of entice people to go and research it on your your own and look up pictures and and listen to, you know, the Broadway cast recordings if they're available. A lot of these shows aren't actually bad. Yeah, it's true. They're not actually bad. It's just like they didn't find their audience Mm -hmm. at the time. And sometimes things are ahead of their time or sometimes they open in January. And it's just like (laughs) that simple. Absolutely. You know, and so it's like if you don't. 
it does. It makes me sad too that like there's there's no recording. There's no way to keep something alive because maybe somebody out there will listen to it and like really fall in love with it and like yeah. maybe want to perform it or maybe that's the thing that makes them want to do theater. Like I yes, don't know, you yes. know, but just to not have anything is just very yeah. it's upsetting. So, you know, after saying that, I I would suggest wholeheartedly to look up that documentary. Yeah. It's called Rag Dolly in the USSR, and it is the very first thing that came up when I searched for it on YouTube. And I didn't even have the title of it. I was just like, you know, you know, you know, you know. Uh, Raggedy Ann in Moscow. And I think <laughs> it came up. It was one of the first things. And uh, interestingly, also, it was posted on YouTube by Ivy Austin, who played Raggedy Ann. Oh. It's throughout the entire course. And she is adorable. And she's got this cute little speaking voice. And she sings like this, too. And it's so cute. And it's like, it's so, she's so perfectly embodied Raggedy Ann to me that I just wanted to go and hug her. (laughs) She was very sweet. The costumes were really something. Who was the uh, costume designer? Oh, I knew you were going to ask. I don't think I have it, actually. I, I couldn't find a lot of information is on it, this. Is it, what about IBDB? Oh. Because IBDB Cause I think had I red shoes. That. I think I did look that. Oh, you know what? I think I did, and I just didn't. It didn't have everybody, so I didn't include okay. it because I didn't want to leave anybody out. But let me look it up really quickly right now. Okay. Uh, yeah, because, like, the, the outfit that Raggedy Ann wears and, like, she has that little red heart is so iconic. Yeah. You know, it's, like, as iconic as... You know, the silver jacket and leap of faith or, you know, Mm -hmm. the red shoes and the red shoes, you know, or. (laughs) Yeah, it's just so. It's just so iconic. So very much so interesting to find out, like, like it's all like, did you ever watch the animation? Because I actually remember watching the animation. I no, I had the books. Okay, some of the books. um, But I don't remember watching the cartoon. Okay, yeah. I do remember, and okay, I'm looking on the database. There is nothing. Okay. It is just music, book, and lyrics. That's sad. Yeah, and that's another thing. It's like all this, all this information is yeah. just like who did the orchestration, right? Like who was the musical director? And... Well, and that could be Joe Raposo. Okay, I don't know that that's the case, right. but anyway. Um, but they had like the camel with slouchy knees who was Aww. thrown out by his family and he goes on the adventure, but yeah, like the, the costume, the costume was really amazing. Like it, it fitted on his head like a mask. Uh-huh. And when he moved his mouth to talk, it moved the camel's mouth. Oh, that's cool. It was really neat. It was a, it was a cool, it was very rudimentary in, in terms of the technology that we have now. Right. But, and in 86, like it was pretty pretty spectacular but just to like it was just fun Mm -hmm. it looked like a big cartoon on stage and i just wanted like i said i just wanted to go and hug all of the characters it was very good that's a shame that there's not some sort of man i know it's 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 funny because you know like we just talked about a movie you know the red shoes which like was beginning to disintegrate Mm -hmm. and so a bunch of uh you know, film people who loved the movie banded together and were able to restore that that yeah. piece of history. But with theater, it's like it's it's live, right? So it's just like it's <laughs> Once a vapor. It happens, it's gone. Yeah. So yeah. so if you don't find some way to capture that piece of history, yeah. 
Like, you just lose it, and well, it just disappears. They don't even have the script. No one can find the script or the original score or That's anything. That's like the, uh, was it the music in Lestat or something? Like, Elton was, like, hiding it. Oh, it's, he just decided he wasn't going to release, release the it. cast okay. recording. But then. But the um, music is still available, uh, just not the recording. Maybe it was Legs Diamond then, because it was, like, I feel like it was Legs Diamond okay. where, I mean, I don't know how. You could be right. That, that uh, they were. Yeah. There was, like, some piece. They couldn't find the actual orchestrations of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Although, yes. I yeah, think, yes, that's what it was. exactly right. I mean, somehow somebody found it because they're <laughs> going to do the um, reunion mm-hmm. on Sunday. Oh, my gosh. But, like, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. But but that was another show where there was, like, a major piece missing where they just, like, they couldn't find all the bits. Yeah. You know, and then Peter's dead. So what are you going to? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I guess that's why they they had only licensed the screenplay version, right? Because that's that all you can now. really do. They don't have anything else, right? It's so strange, though. It's like really, you didn't keep anything. And then I also wonder. It's like, have I ever done anything in my life that I considered to be a failure at the time and then thrown away, right? Only to have it discovered like twenty five years or fifty years from now, right? You know, like oh, I wish I had kept that. You right. know what I mean? Like, and I'm sure that that's the. I'm sure that that's true. You just would think though that. If you spent you've spent so many years working on something that you would have it. Yeah, as a you just sink. like keep it yeah. somewhere. You know, even if it didn't go the way yeah. that you hoped it would go, like it's still you worked <laughs> so hard on it. I can't yeah. see like that many years of work yeah. going in the trash receptacle. Oh, I will also say I think that I remember reading some reviews mm-hmm. about it. Um, I didn't include them in today's episode, mm-hmm. but they are definitely available to read. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Raggedy Ann the Musical. Raggedy Ann the Musical. I, I need no to start speaking slower. Why? Where are we at? I mean, 33, 33 minutes. And people are going to be really disappointed. They're like, oh, I love listening to those girls. Why can't it be a longer <laughs> episode? And I'm sorry. Well, we have I, I'm a to fast talker. It, like I'm a fast walker. You should see me. I fly when I'm walking. <laughs> I got places to go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Raggedy Ann. <laughs> Thanks for it's joining very us. Very fascinating. If and we you... said it before, but Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas and Happy, Happy Hanukkah and Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. Um, are we missing any? I'm sure we are, but that's why. Happy, Happy everything. Yeah, Happy all the things. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, we really appreciate you. Yeah, we're. We just had Thanksgiving, so we would like to say we were thankful for all of our listeners. So thankful. Yeah. Because this is really fun for us. Super fun. And we're glad that we found some people that also find it fun. You just let us run down a theater hole weekly. (laughs) Just like, we're like, okay, we can shoot a show and we'll just fall down the rabbit hole and... It's really easy to do. Yeah, it's real and it's easy. so, I mean, even with shows like, because I, I was researching another show today that we're going to be doing for the new year. <laughs> I, I texted Ebony. I was like, well, it's five minutes long. <laughs> so I don't know what we're going to do there. There was no hole to fi- to fall through. So it was a really oh, interesting, I know. I'm going to see if I can find it in any of the books that we have. But okay. I don't know. I'm not hopeful, but we'll see. I should have looked at Second Act Trouble before I left because I have that oh, at, yeah. at the house. And That's also- okay. The um, Peter Felicia book. I've got that, that here? one here. It yeah. It wasn't in there though. Okay. Oh no! You know what? I didn't look. Okay. I'll have to. I'll look. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks Bye. again, guys. Bye. Bye.
<laughs> Could you just do us a favor and go to Facebook at Theater Geeks Anonymous? Also, you can follow us on Twitter at TGA. B-way. <laughs> also, uh, P- oh man, TGABWay at gmail.com. Perfect. Uh, to send us any comments, uh, ideas for our intermission episodes. Totally. Oh my gosh, anything you want to send us, send us there. Or you can also message us on either Twitter or Facebook. Yes, you can. Uh, like, share, follow. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Oh, and where else are we? We are also on SoundCloud and Stitcher if you are an Android user. Right. Which I'm not. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, none of my friends are. <laughs> I'm just so kidding. are we not friends? Is that what you're saying? What are you talking about? We're more than friends. <laughs> <laughs> this is going way south. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, thank you guys. You're awesome. Uh, thanks for listening. Send us to all of your friends. Yeah, if if there's anybody you know that you think will like us, please totally. tell them to listen. Hey, if you go to college in a theater department, spread us around. Yeah, I mean, spread us like a like a sun butter. Listen, if you want to be <laughs> the ultimate theater geek, oh, and know about shows that nobody else knows mm-hmm. about. I think you might want to be trying to listen to us. You could be going to your 9 p.m. rehearsal going, hey, guys, have you ever heard of the show Senator Joe? Yeah. Or maybe something called, I don't know, Kelly. (laughs) Well, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.